0: Welcome to the Big Success Podcast, cutting-edge conversations on business and personal success, as well as how to level up. Here's your host, number one business coach in the world, Brad Sugars. This week on the Big Success Podcast, we are talking to the YouTube king of all YouTubers. He handles celebrities, podcasters, A-list celebrities. Uh, In fact, he was named the top 25 video marketers in the world. He literally has taught thousands of people how to do SEO. On top of that, he is the king of YouTube. His YouTube agency just does that. There is nothing else you do. SEO expert, YouTube genius, he is the man that actually coaches me and my team. Mehmet Niyazi is our guest today. Mem, you're the man. So, Mem, let's dive straight into this whole thing about success. What, in your mind, what is success? How do you, how do you define it for yourself?
1: Success is living under your own conditions unapologetically, doing what makes you happy in the moment. And not worrying about what other people think. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. This morning, I woke up. I was late. I had 50 things on my to-do list. But as I'm driving into work, the one thing on my mind is having a good cup of coffee. So I took a detour and I went and bought some coffee beans. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but in that moment, it made me happy. Yeah. And that is what I define as being successful.
0: You know, I love that word unapologetically. I think a lot of people are too worried about what other people think. Someone taught me years ago, you know, how big is your ego to think that other people are thinking about you first and foremost? And I always laugh at that one.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree. I think it's uh, it's something that a lot of people worry about. There's a lot of guilt associated with that. Many people would have thought, you know, oh, I can't, I can't be late. I've got so many things I need to do. I can't detour. I can't, you know, I went 50 minutes out of my way to go to a shop that i would never been to before because I've driven past it. For me, I don't need to answer to anyone. I can do that guilt-free in the knowledge that it makes me happy. So that for me is success. Yeah, that guilt-free is an
0: interesting one, you know, and, and we all have responsibilities and accountabilities and staying success and true to yourself is a very big part of it. So let's go back in your life. Where or when did you choose success? Like how did you choose that success was going to be part of your life?
1: I've got a couple of examples that I can give you. Mm -hmm. One was when I was 15 turning 16. All of my teachers had written me off. And this was a year in in the UK we have what's known as GCSEs. Um, I was predicted to fail all of my exams. My teachers had written me off. And I decided that that wasn't the story that I was going to live by. I wasn't prepared to do that. Yeah. So I knuckled down, I studied by myself because my teachers weren't willing to give me the time and I passed. Not only did I pass, I got all A's and A stars, which in the UK is the best you can get. Um, So that was the turning point in my life, proving to myself and also my peers and my teachers that I could do it if I wanted to. Do you remember a trigger Mm -hmm.
0: for that? What was the trigger? Like, was it one of them said something and you said, I'll show you or what, what was the trigger?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was a uh, parent's evening. My parents got called in and there was a science teacher. Mr. Peel is his name. And he said to my dad, uh, forget it. Your son's going to fail. He's not going to do well. And I remember my dad coming back and obviously he was angry, mm. <laughs> but he was also just like, this is up to you now. If you don't want to do it, then it's, it's balls in your court. Um, I think that you can do it. I think that you're not being true to yourself and you're not uh, living up to your full potential and that, for me, kind of triggered something in my mind. Dang, it was like full potential. that's yeah, some it's good parenting.
0: That's some good parenting lessons right there.
1: Yeah, that was a turning point. Wow. And then the second example I can give you of that is when I was 21 years old, I just graduated from university. I did a law degree. Yeah. And I hated it. I hated it. And I, I took a, a year out. The plan was to take a year out um, and travel the world. But one day, while I was sat on the London Underground, I picked up a, a newspaper that someone had left behind. And I saw an advert for a job as a financial trader. Keep in mind, in the commodities markets, keep in mind, I've got no experience with finance, trading, commodities, or anything of the sort. 6,000 people applied for that job. I was the one that got selected after a four-week intensive, gruelling interview process where they hooked me up to heart rate monitors, barked market orders (laughs) at me. And I was determined. I was so determined. Wow. I moved out of my house, my, my parents' home that I was living at, at the time, rented a tiny dingy apartment, no TV, no internet. I didn't even have a radio. Every day during this four-week interview program, I'd come home and just read books on trading. Yeah. I engrossed myself in economics and the commodities markets. That's when I decided I want to do this, so I'm going to go all in and achieve success in this.
0: You know, I love hearing stories like that. It's one of the best things because every one of us had a turning point in our life where we chose success. Whether we recognize it or not, we all did that. So let's get your formula then. How does success happen? How how does success happen
1: in life, in business? What's your thoughts on it? I think the first thing that a lot of people fail at, and I think this is number one key to success in my life at least, is being willing to put in the hard work, put in Mm -hmm. the reps where others won't. Um, and I think a lot of it is about staying in the game. What I mean by that is many people will put in a short burst of energy, but after year one, they're done. It hasn't worked out for them and they've, they've given up Yeah. for me for five years in my life. When I first launched my, my businesses, I wasn't making much money. I was barely surviving, but it was willing to put in that hard work knowing having trust in my ability to get better and better mm. figure it out as I go along and surviving So I'm putting in the hard work, I'm doing the reps, I'm staying in the game. That's it. That's what success comes down to. Mm. There will come a point where you are given an opportunity and you have to seize that opportunity. You have to be smart enough to acknowledge the opportunity and grasp it with both hands. Mm. I think some people let opportunities pass them by. But if you're dedicated enough and you're willing to put in the time, willing to put in the effort, anyone can achieve success. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: love it. You know, I always... What's your thoughts on? Because there's two sides to this debate. Uh, get yourself ready for the opportunity, or it goes. I'm, I'm in the. You know, maybe you got to be ready for that opportunity. So study before you get there. And then there's the Richard Branson quote of, you know, when a, when an opportunity comes, dive in and take it. Are you on either side of that, or do you think it's a bit of both? Where do you think?
1: I believe there's opportunities all over, but I think as you become more and more experienced you begin to understand and appreciate those opportunities more. So um, it's it's one of those where if you've put in the hard work and you've got the experience, then you'll spot the opportunity. It yeah. might not kind of slap you in the face, but you you've put in the time and the effort and you appreciate it and you understand yeah. it.
0: Let's go back to, because you've mentioned multiple times, the study level. Where does learning fit into success for you? How does learning fit into that?
1: It's so important, but I think there's a different, like there's so many different ways to learn things. I've never been book smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I will learn by doing. So I can read something 59 times and not understand it yeah. or feel like I, <laughs> I, I have a grasp of it, but it's not until you actually start doing it that you learn. So I feel like learning is imperative, mm-hmm. but I think too many people will take a course and class that as learning. I think you actually have to implement what you've been taught and try it out for yourself before I deem that as learnt. Yeah,
0: I always debate the whole uh, knowledge is power. I think, you know, until you've done anything, there's no power with it. Like wisdom is power. Wisdom comes from application of knowledge. Let's, let's then jump to the other side. A lot of times uh, we learn from the mistakes we make. How does failure fit into the formula for success for you?
1: Oh, it's so important. And you have to be willing to fail. I mean, I failed so many times in so many different endeavors. I've had businesses that failed. I've had, you know, business opportunities that like so many things in my life have have, have not gone the way I wanted to. But does that mean that it's a failure or does that mean that it's a learning opportunity? Mm. Will you sit back and cry about that? Or will you analyze what went right, what went wrong and learn from those mistakes? Mm -hmm. Next time you're going to do it better because of that failure. Yeah, yeah.
0: So when you think of success overall, you know, you could have gone down any path. You chose at some point to be successful. How? What does it take dedication-wise? Because you mentioned doing the reps. How does someone stay in the fight, I guess, is probably the main question.
1: Well, I think you have to enjoy what you're doing because if you don't enjoy it, if there's not a genuine passion there, then it's very difficult to stay in the game. Like if you're doing something purely because you think it's a money-making opportunity, in my experience, every time I've gone down that route, it hasn't worked out for me. What works for me is when I'm passionate about something and I dedicate myself to that, which goes back to my first point, happiness. You have to be happy in what you do. You have to enjoy it. So, yeah, I think it's it's very important to enjoy that and then dedicate the time where it becomes a passion. For me, my passion is YouTube. I enjoy YouTube and I'll sit there and I'll analyze Videos. I, I won't watch TV. I very rarely watch a television program. I'd much rather sit there of an evening and, and watch YouTube. Um And I'll sit with my wife and talk about YouTube over the di- dining table. Like, I- I'm obsessed to that degree, but it's what I enjoy. I'll do it on a Saturday afternoon when, when I'm not being paid for it. So, yeah. yeah, it just so happens that that's also my career now.
0: Well, we're going to be back and we're going to talk about success on YouTube in just a moment. This is the Big Success Podcast. I'm Brad Sugars. Let's take a break. See you in a moment.
1: Serious income success for you will come through Brad Sugars' scalability event, massive business growth, and understanding how you turn your business into a commercial, profitable enterprise that works for you so that you don't have to. Visit bradsugars.com to attend this program as a standalone or as part of Brad Sugars' Entrepreneurial University. We're
0: back on the Big Success Podcast. I'm Brad Sugars, your host. Today, Mem, you are with us on the success subject of YouTube. It's where you're a genius now, but we go way back. You started teaching SEO and you literally taught thousands of people about SEO. What are the key success things for SEO in this day and age?
1: Well, I think that success leaves clues in any endeavor and Google is no different. Mm. Um, if someone is number one on Google or even on YouTube, there's a reason why Google loves their website or in the case of YouTube, their video that much, right? Mm. So it then becomes a game. It becomes a reverse engineering endeavor. So you've got to find out what it is about that site that people, that you, Google enjoys. Is it the fact that they're being linked to by other other big sites? Mm-hmm. Is it the length of their articles, the depth of their articles? For some reason, Google likes them. Your job is to find out what that is and do the same yourself. Yeah.
0: Now Google obviously changes its algorithm fairly regularly. If if I was new to SEO, what are some of the three or four things I can do to make sure that, you know, my my website, my traffic starts to build?
1: Well, the first thing that you want to do is make sure that you're you're targeting the right terms, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a brand new website, it's very difficult for you to rank number one for a huge keyword. Yeah. Um so you want to pick the, the terms that you stand a chance of ranking for. There are lots of tools out there that will help you with this. Um one of my favorites is keywordtool.io. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sponsored by them. So <laughs> you know, that's just <laughs> that's a, that's a free plug for them. Um, but go in there and take a look at the longer tail keywords that might only get a couple of hundred searches, a hundred searches even. Mm. But if the, if, the, if the competition is less, then that becomes easier to compete for as a small site. You then need to go and take a look at who's currently ranking first, second, third. What are they doing? Do they have long form content or is it a hundred word blog post? Whatever it is, your job is to replicate that. Do mm. something just as good, if not better. And then once you've done that, then you can start getting technical, making sure you've got the right headlines, making sure you've got the right keywords in, you know, but Google is very clever. If you're naturally talking about a topic, let's say, I don't know, you're talking about dog training. There will be certain terms that within your article, you're naturally going to mention, whether that be dogs or sit or run or walk, whatever it might be. You don't need to start worrying about keyword stuffing or densities and that kind of thing. I don't believe in any of that. My school of thought is write a great article that's intended to help and Google will understand that and you'll start ranking, you'll start getting people linking and that's how you start to, to rank well. Brilliant.
0: Now, Google owning YouTube is a big thing. Let's go into YouTube. What? What? Give us your overall perspective of why you love YouTube and, and then we'll get into the success factors of YouTube.
1: Well, YouTube is a great playing ground. It's in the sense of it's one of the most visited websites in the world. Um, very few business owners are taking advantage of it. People associate YouTube with, you know, silly competitions and games and influencer videos yeah. and pranks. That's not the case. You could have going back to the coffee example. I'm, I, I love my coffee, right? You could have a video about coffee, about the coffee beans that you've sourced or how to make the perfect cup of coffee. And it might only get 50 views, but the thing is, that's a highly targeted viewer who's built a bigger connection with you because they can look you in the eye and they build that connection, that emotional connection that you don't get with a blog post. Mm. So of those 50 viewers, suddenly you're then going to, hopefully if you've done your job, well, get them to at least watch another of your videos. But better than that, you might get them to purchase from you too. The beauty of YouTube in addition to that is you put out content and people will continue to find that for years to come. Yeah think of your own experiences you probably watched many videos that were published a year two years three years four years ago so the reward there is it's a maximum return on your investment put in the effort once and people will continue to find you
0: yeah i literally watched one from 2016 this morning a book summary so there you go
1: exactly so let's
0: let's look at that then from a content point of view how do we create what's the success factors of content for
1: youtube well, the, the, there's a, there's so many, but I'll, yep. I'll give you the. the give if us the you top get these ones. right, you'll do yeah. well. All right, so you want a good title. A lot of people put in boring titles before anyone will click. Um, the first thing they'll analyze are your title and your thumbnail. Those two are very very important. Thumbnail probably more so than the title. Got it. Don't fall at the first hurdle. You've got to invest a bit of time. If you're not a graphic designer, spend a bit of money get a good graphic designer to design your thumbnail. That's the first thing. Second thing. I hate it when I load up a video and there's a logo reveal or a 10-second intro, 20-second <laughs> intro. People, people do not have the patience for that. They just don't. Yeah. So within the first five seconds, you need to have hooked that viewer because if you haven't, they're likely to leave. There's a lot of stats out there. Um, I mean, there's some confl- conflicting stats, but typically up to 70% of people will have left a video within the first minute. Wow. So your job is to make sure that that first minute is so full of value that you are not going to lose that viewer. So Mm -hmm. get that right. Get the good title, good thumbnail, and a good hook. You're 90% of the way there.
0: How long should uh, the the videos be? Is there a, a rule of thumb of that, or is it just whatever length works?
1: Well, it depends on your goal. So for me, I'll give you an example. I've got some of my clients who are in it purely for the money right? YouTube pays you from an ad revenue standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking to monetize videos over eight minutes are beneficial because at eight minutes, you get to insert multiple ads into the video. Mm. If it's seven minutes and 59 seconds, you're only allowed one ad. Second, it hits eight minutes. You can insert as many ads as you want. So you suddenly doubled or tripled your revenue just from that one standpoint. So I often say to my clients, if ad revenue is the goal, eight minutes or more, but if it's just a case of brand recognition, brand visibility, then as long as it needs to be. Keep it as short as possible, but if it has to be two minutes, two minutes is fine. It has to be 15 minutes, that's also fine, but don't start going on and on and waffling on.
0: Yeah, yeah, very nice. So let's talk about subscribers, building a channel. What's the success factors about building a channel and getting high subscriber numbers? Well, subscriber
1: numbers – to be honest with you is a vanity vanity metric, right? You can have, if you're a, and if you're looking for influencer status, you need lots of subscribers, but Mm -hmm. for an average business owner, subscribers don't pay the bills, right? So you, the the key to getting subscribers is great content. Consistently good content is another good, you know, good tip because one video and someone might not subscribe, but two or three of of your videos, which are good. Then there's a higher likelihood, but also you've got to ask people to subscribe, right? A lot of people fail at that. I mean, if I want you to do something, I'd normally have to ask you to do something. So put in a, put in a request. Hey guys, if you're enjoying my content, it's taking me a lot of time to research this. I hope, I hope you find it helpful. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, show me that you're enjoying. It. That's it. And that will help you. Get more subscribers. Yeah,
0: really tough. Well, what about building a channel? Is there an advantage to building a channel or, or is it not necessary? Like, is it a vanity thing or what's your thoughts?
1: Well, building a channel will help you in, in many ways. I think YouTube loves it when a, a viewer will binge watch your content, right? right? So right. if you've got two, three, four videos in all about the same topic, um, It's a huge signal to YouTube. If someone goes from video one to video two to video three, et cetera, mm. like, like with Netflix, when you're watching one episode, it will automatically play the next episode. Right. Mm. And that's what you want to do too. So in answer to your question, building a channel, I see as building lots of highly relevant, highly related content that will allow viewers to express an interest by watching one episode and then the next and then the next one major pitfall to avoid is doing video one about one thing and then doing, your second video about a completely unrelated topic, it has to be on a common theme. That's how you build successful channels.
0: Yeah, so you build those lists of your subjects and, and do it that way. So let's flip it over then and say uh, not just creating content but running ads because YouTube's a phenomenal platform to run ads on.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it, and it's highly underutilized. Mm-hmm. People aren't making the most of it. Um, I mean – do you have a specific question or should I just yeah, uh, tell you the, my thoughts? What's on?
0: the top two or three things I should know about that? Cause I know when people listen to the podcast, they're going to come and read all your stuff and watch all your videos, but, and get into, you know, and binge on the Mem channel. But you know, when you sit down and you think about what are the key factors to be good at advertising on YouTube? Is it any different to any other, t- uh, other form?
1: Well, it it goes back to my, my first point, which is for, uh, for the hook, right? So, for ads, it's even more important than a typical video. Mm. So on an ad, people have five seconds typically before they can skip the ad. Got so it. you've got five seconds, which isn't a lot of time. You've got five seconds to spark intrigue and, and curiosity. Mm. And the best way to do that is immediately without any form of hesitation or fluff, tell them why they should care. So good hook. That's that's the key thing there. And then a lo- one other thing that a lot of people don't realize is um, if... People skip your ad, then you don't have to pay for that, right? So you only pay YouTube for people who watch beyond those five seconds. So in effect, you've got a free five seconds to try and get yourself in front of your target consumer, and it's not costing you anything. Wow! So yeah. So make sure. So how sure... long do they
0: have? So because it, it, I know when I watch, it says skip ad. And you can mm-hmm. skip the ad after five seconds. Is it like at 10 seconds they charge you or is it a five? No, after 9? that.
1: So if you continue watching after the five seconds, then Done. you get charged as a, as a as someone who's, you know, um, advertising. So advertisers get charged after that. But the first five seconds where the viewer is forced to watch that ad is typically free, not always, but typically free for advertisers. Now, we could spend
0: years studying YouTube, which is obviously what you do, but it's literally one of the best mediums for people to get new business from if they follow the right system, yes? Absolutely. So last point on YouTube, then: the earnings side of it. What's the key success factors to making sure I'm making money from YouTube, not just having my videos up on YouTube?
1: Well, there's a couple of different ways that you can earn money from your YouTube videos. The first we touched on earlier was uh, YouTube ad revenue. So Google AdSense, it's called, mm-hmm. um, where the key there is you want to make videos over eight minutes and insert multiple ads. That won't pay your bills unless you're getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. Yeah. The earnings are low on that, typically. The next way that you can earn is you want to make sure that you've got affiliate links in your um, in your descriptions You want to lead people on to sales pages, landing pages, et cetera. And then another one is sponsorships. So even if you're not getting thousands or millions of views, if you've got a highly targeted, highly engaged viewer, then you can reach out to companies. And typically it will involve you reaching out to that company. Right. Make a list of five ideal sponsors that you'd like. Find out who the representatives are and email them and explain to them why they should sponsor you but there is a lot of money in sponsorships.
0: Yeah, if they're sponsoring someone else's YouTube, they're probably good. They've got a budget for doing that. Gang, this is the Big Success Podcast. We're here with Mehmet Niazi, Mem for short. That's who he is. He's the YouTube king, and we're going to be back in a moment talking about scaling up in your success.
1: Mohamed Nayazi is a YouTube strategist advising and managing some of the most popular channels on YouTube, podcasters, Hollywood A-listers, and influencers. He manages a lot. As CEO of a YouTube-only agency, he is uniquely positioned to see the data and what's working for channels in many vertical industries.
0: We're back on the Big Success Podcast. We're talking now leveling up. Good to great. They often say that good is the enemy of great. What are your thoughts on how people or how you have gone from good to amazing or
1: good to great? Uh putting in a lot of time, a lot of dedication, and I still think it's a work in progress for me. I'm uh I'm constantly learning. There's a lot that I can get better at, but it's a case of dedicating yourself and learning every opportunity you can.
0: Mm. Let's let's look at uh goal setting and dreaming big. You know, we're when did you first decide to go massive rather than just go small in life, to go big, to go and do, to dream big, I guess, is probably the simple way to put it.
1: Again, I think that's something that I'm, I'm working on currently. I still don't think I'm anywhere near as big as I should be, um, but I think that it comes from an innate, inbuilt desire for more. Mm. Um, that's a good thing. In certain areas, it can also be a very bad thing. But I am the kind of person who's very rarely satisfied or happy. I'm my own biggest critic, and I will constantly analyze and push for better. Mm. Um, and again, as I say, that can be a bad thing.
0: <laughs> it can be in certain areas of life. So when you look at some of your clients who are in that massive realm, what's the difference between someone who's at good and someone who is at that massive realm? What's, what's, what do you think the difference between them is?
1: I think that a lot of it comes down to consistency. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of, and I work with YouTubers. I see a lot of YouTubers who have put in the absolute effort for six, seven, eight years when no one was watching their content. And on the ninth year they blew up and people don't appreciate that that's the grind that they went through in order to get to where they are now. Uh, It's very rare for someone to be an overnight success in any industry. Mm. YouTube is no different. So yeah, I think it's, it's putting in the hard work.
0: Yeah. So let's go into the quickfire round. I want to talk about success in different areas of life, and it's just your one or two best thoughts on each of these. So first one is, what's the key to success in goal setting?
1: It's having a very clear objective. People don't know often where they're shooting for. Um, I I like to have a to-do list, and not only do I have a to-do list, I'll earmark what my top priorities are in that list. Mm. So if I only do this one thing today, then I'll be happy. Got it. Perfect.
0: Uh, success at have at enjoying yourself, having fun, going on vacations. How do you have success at enjoying yourself?
1: How do I have success at enjoying myself? I like to unwind. I go to I, I watch and play a lot of sport. Um, so my unwinding often involves either sitting in front of the TV and watching my my football team Arsenal play or going and watching them live. Uh, that's that's how I like to be happy and, and, and unwind and enjoy success there.
0: Key to success. Hopefully, in,
1: yeah. hopefully when they're winning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> key to success in relationships, life relationships, business relationships. What's your key to success of making a great relationship?
1: Caring. I think it's so important. People get caught up in their own thoughts, in their own emotions, and I think they need to be more empathetic towards their partners or, you know, whether that's romantic or or business, Mm. you need to put them first often. And uh, that involves listening and taking an active interest, being present in the moment.
0: Key to success
1: in health. Key to success in health is prioritizing your health. It's very, very easy to sit in front of a computer in this day and age, especially where people are working from home, Mm. to wake up in the morning, sit in front of the computer for 12 hours And before you know it, you've, you've binged on your packet of, you know, your chips, your crisps, Uh, you haven't gone out for your walk. I think you have to make time for it. You have to set that aside as a priority. And key to success in wealth. Uh, Is prioritizing wealth. Again, if you want to be financially successful, you have to set goals. You have to know what you're shooting for. um, And you have to reverse engineer what success means. Mm. If you want to earn 10,000 a month on YouTube, Typically, that means 1.5, 1.6 million views on most channels. Okay, great. So what videos do I need to do? How many videos do I need to do? If each of my videos is going to do 100,000 views, great. So I know I need 15 videos this month. Cool. What are those topics? That's it. It's that simple. Working out your goal and reverse engineering it.
0: So final question of the day. What's the best advice you ever got? Or what's the best quote you ever heard on success?
1: Uh, well, I'll make it specific to content creation and YouTube. Brilliant. The best quote I've ever heard about that is content is about emotion, not information.
0: Wow. Give me your thoughts on why that's your favorite. Because That's amazing.
1: Because people make the cardinal sin of bombarding people with information. No one cares about info. Like if you want to connect with someone, it's about emotion. You've got to put the viewer first. And resonate with them on an emotional level. If you can do that, if you come across as someone's friend, whether it's sales, right? Let's say you're trying to sell something, people are more likely to care and listen if you come across as a friend rather than if you come across as a salesman. So you've got to put your emotion into the video. You've got to resonate on an emotional level. That's what it's all about. Brilliant. Mem, thank you so much for your
0: uh, being on this podcast with us, the Big Success Podcast. Get, check the show notes, connect with Mem, follow all of his stuff, learn from him. He's a genius. Thanks for your time.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Big
0: Success Podcast with the number one business coach in the world, Brad Sugars. To learn more about how to achieve business and personal success, as well as how to level up or listen to past episodes, visit www.bradsugars.com.